Hello, everybody, and welcome to Throwers. I'm joined, as always, with Chris Ronalds. How you doing, Chris? Uh, sublime, Alan. Happy to be here. Back in the studio, cars running, air cons on, uh, whiskey on ice. I, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm in my element. <laughs> I love it. I was very curious as to uh, where you'd be set up because it is pretty stinking hot, and I didn't think the studio would be uh, <laughs> would be on the cards today. But with the air con going, then uh, yeah, we're laughing. No, we're good to go. <laughs> Would uh, do much to beat the heat today? Uh, yeah. Um, it was obviously I get to work out of an air-conditioned office, but I got to listen to uh, our last episode, and I couldn't believe the quality of audio that the audience got to listen to. Um, I could barely hear our conversation, the entire podcast, Alan. Like I was like, you were crackling, there was wind. I was like, I can't hear a thing you're saying. This is going to be the most funniest episode ever. But you came through crystal crystal clear. Yeah, there was definitely some uh, some wind in spots, but yeah, the the mic that I talk into for the pod is a lot higher quality than the uh, the mic on the earbuds I used to talk to you. So yeah. <laughs> I I think that's uh, I think that's where that disconnect was. Mm-hmm, I uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't aware of that. I, I when you made that comment, I was like, oh yeah, that would make sense. I'm outside, but I didn't realize you were getting just trash from me the whole conversation <laughs> yeah <laughs> so now nah, not too bad uh yeah it, it does all right so uh yeah sorry everyone for the the few wind the bits you had to deal with but uh overall not too bad and it was a lot of fun uh you come up with a pretty good idea chris that we might have to implement uh, at one of the future pods. So what's that? Yeah, I think uh, the the live commentary was a nice feature and just the live interaction and the live banter. I think we can't sleep on that. We can't sleep on that. And, and I'm sure there's some competitive podcasts out there listening, stealing our eyes, our ideas as they do. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a feature. We're gonna be represented at a future league day, a future social day, I should say. You, maybe you and me sign up for the 8 o'clock round or vice versa. We sign up for the 10.30 and we should park ourselves on a hole. I'd like to think we park ourselves on, on an ace run hole. So, And we just, we, you know, we get around it. We uh, And let the players, check in with the players as they're walking through, how they're going, give them shit for missing the ace and hopefully get around them if they make one. Yep, sounds really good. And uh, very potentially... Chris Scott and I might uh, follow your last few holes at uh, Vic Open or something like that. Uh, he was on my card for the Ruffy Rumble and he, he was enjoying the, the live setup. And yeah, he, he also said that that could be something cool. And I was like, well, why don't we go uh, make fun of Chris one time? Yeah, <laughs> So we, we might do that for the Vic Open. It's probably, yeah, just like if you guys make league card and I'm obviously bottom card, you, you might only get to watch one hole. But... um. Yeah, yeah, hopefully there's a bit of separation between us at Fick Open. Well, I'm pretty confident about my chances of uh, making lead card at Inverley. And <laughs> they're not high. I get to hear that. <laughs> um, all right, so one thing that I wanted to mention on the last pod, but I forgot about it even though it was on our little run sheet, is the way that the bag tags get handed out for the Melbourne Disc Golf Club uh, for the social days or for just the tags for the year. And someone who will name nameless has said that the method they currently have is pretty trash and that this, you know, pretty decent player gets a really high number and he just doesn't want to have to like go seeking out chumps to battle them to get a good tag. And I can understand that, but I also understand sort of where the club's coming from. 
because they've got how many tat like there's 150 odd members and they've got to try to hand them out somehow and if the 10:30 people end up being better than the 8am people or just the people who come to the first social day like i don't know there is no good system i don't think but what do you think about the the current random handing out of the bag tags are you, are you for or against or very indifferent Nah, I'm for, like it forces action. I think I, coming from a, a bit of a um, stint over in London, the tag culture was so much better than what it is here. Um, there's just, it, I don't know, it just has never really taken hold here. Like just there's too many people who are nonplussed about bag tags. But like I, I'm... I love them, and it forces action immediately. I've got tag 14. I can tell you straight away what tag's sitting in the boot of my car. I've got tag 14, and I won't I won't rest until I'm at least top 10. Um, you know, I'd like to think I'm maybe top 10 clubman at the moment, <laughs> hopefully still. Um, so I ain't resting on 14. I'm, I'm going to be forcing action, and I'll be looking to snag someone's tag as soon as I get an opportunity. Yeah, there you go. So way on the other side of the spectrum for you i am genuinely indifferent uh my i fluctuate so much so i feel like i could get one to 90 and it it wouldn't really you know wouldn't wouldn't be out of the out of the cards so uh, i definitely am pretty keen on the tags but i i'm not really for or against i, I really don't care uh, but i guess that's sort of for because i'll get whatever tag i get and then yeah hopefully i'll work towards something good and if uh, I got a good group of mates that I generally play, gen, uh, generally play with, then hopefully we all eventually get to have some pretty decent numbers, and then we can start working up that way. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think um, you know it's the only you know there's no handicap. I hate the idea like this is scratch golf. This is our ranking. Um, and uh, there's obviously other rate. There's PDJ ratings. There's you know league performance or whatever. But this is actually toe to toe, ring a ding ding. We've played a match, and I love the the concept of you're only as good as your last match. And if I take down Ryan Deer ever in my future, and he happens to hold tag one, like I'm going to proudly wear that tag one, uh, as proudly as I wear the green jacket. Nice. Well, I think currently it is uh, Glenn Maisie. Yes. And you can find him at plenty of social days. So <laughs> if you see his name on there and you think you want to go for that number one tag, then uh, get get around it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just had the Sony League finish up for uh, week eight. Oh, hot off the and, press. Yeah, hot off the press. And uh, we got at least one really good score. Yeah, uh, we I- I'm did. looking at... I'm looking at Mark Hardy with a, a neg nine. Boom. Boom. Coming, coming in, in at coming a in 950. 9.51. Yeah. Which, a uh, bit stiff. Is this the normal layout? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't pay much attention to the group chat today because I knew I couldn't make it. Um, I'm sure there's at least a couple of tweaks out there. That's coming in pretty low, isn't it? Yeah, I would have thought so. It's, it's three better than next best. Yeah, uh, and only coming in at nine fifty. So interesting, very interesting. Oofed. Yeah, oofed indeed. <laughs> but some pretty good scores across the board. I guess that's what stuffed him up. So um, yeah, even MA four shot a neg four. All the MA two guys are are under. 
But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit tough. Three strokes clear of next best and uh, not good enough. I'm just having a look through some older results. Um, it's it's holding pretty true. Um, so, week one, a 48 would have got you 954. Um, so... It's it's wow. there, it's thereabouts. Um, last week it would have got you a lot higher, but uh, last week you had the brutal holes. Yeah, that was a whole different story. Yeah. Mm, there you go. So only one more week left. Um, don't think I'll make it out. Probably probably done for me. That it's a miracle I got two in. I think. But uh, you plan on trying to get out there next week? I'm going to try to squeeze out there. It's part of the. I like how they're incorporated into the Summer Cup revival. Um, it's your average for the league. So this is true for Bicentennial and Stoney. My current average is sitting at 969. Uh, if I can just creep that up a couple, um, it puts me well and truly in the mix for the summer, uh, uh, what's it called? Summer Cup Revival. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. I don't so. think mine will do too much for me. Uh, <laughs> what are my two rounds? I got uh, oh, 915 and 928. That's not bad. I, I can mess around with that a little. Um, how does it work for the for the league? Because I'm currently sitting or tied number one with Mark Hardy. No idea. In, uh, yeah, not sure. It probably probably doesn't do much. <laughs> I don't think I could show up to two rounds and expect some sort of prize, but <laughs> we'll see how we go. All right, now we need to talk about what is probably the most important thing that has happened in disc golf this entire year so far, and. I'm talking, of course, the All-Star Weekend. Oh, no, that was a absolute who cares fest, right? Am I, am I the only one who didn't give a single shit about that? Um, didn't look at teams, didn't look at format, didn't care at all? Like, am I in the minority here, or is this standard? Um, no, you're not in the minority. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm a full nuff, so... Uh, <laughs> you're all over it? <laughs> no, nah, I'm not all over it. But as you and I know, we are in a tipping comp. And that tipping mm. comp kicks off this week uh, at the chess.com invitational. And the to- uh, the course they played for the uh, All-Stars is the exact same course they're about to play. So I... I, I thought it was a uh, safari layout. Well, it, it, yes, it may not be identical. And they were just playing like nine holes uh, here and there. But there is going to be lots of similarity um, okay. to the throw down the mountain kind of setup. So I check. I'm I'm in it for the tipping. I kind of kept an eye on it. <laughs> Fair but, enough. But no one had any idea about it. I did listen on another podcast um, interviews with a couple of captains, and the captains couldn't answer a single question that the podcast host had. So no. Yeah, one- that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I had a lot of driving this week, and so I, I I listened to that as well. And yeah, they just. It got to the point where they were asking questions just because they knew they couldn't answer them. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. I'll give it that. No, what I really meant is the Ruffy Rumble. Uh, 110 players across two days. The second event in Victoria this year already with uh, more than 100 players. There won't be two events in any other state with more than 100 players, I don't think. And we've had two already. Just, oh, we are the best. Victoria is the best. I, I don't know what else to say about that. Correct. Because we'll debt, like the Vic Open will be a million. And Melbourne Celebrates will be over 100. And there's potential that the Rudolph Wright could hit that as well. Because I think they have plans to be a big tournament. 
So we're looking at three, maybe four tournaments. And I'm telling you now, that what other state's going to hit two? Like a- any of them? Uh, not, not, not that I could foreshadow, no. Nah, none of them. So we're the best. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fun. 110 plays is pretty dope. But one more than uh, when Utri and I ran the Vic Open a few years ago. So uh, without actually looking into it, I'm pretty confident saying that it's the largest attended non-Vic Open in um, Victorian tournament history. Oh, big. Big? Big. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I feel like Melbourne Celebrates last year was like 140. Seven or something, and and uh, the one the one we decided the Golden City Classic was one hundred and five. But, <laughs> hey, uh, but is, still, more hey, more, more, is more. <laughs> and three people three people did play twice actually. So let's maybe not talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a, a pretty awesome weekend, um, and yeah, I was really grateful to everyone. Everyone made it really easy on me as TD. So uh, thanks heaps for that. And, um, yeah, the, the scores were pretty decent for some people on, on day one, we had the biggest turnout. We had, uh, 68 of the players and we had MA50, MA2, FA2, MA3, MA4 and MJ15. And it was sort of a, who knows? Like, I didn't really know what to think. A lot of the people on this day hadn't seen any of these extended layouts. Some people had played... The uh, WGE from last year or a couple of years ago, but uh, not too many. So it was going to be pretty interesting, but it played pretty smooth. There was no real backups. Uh, no one hit any pedestrians as far as I can tell. Um, nothing too crazy. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty good disc golf. In the MA4, we had Dan Bradshaw take it out, and he was not aware. So he... Yeah, he's sitting down, just chilling after, and I said, uh, congratulations, mate. He's like, for what? And I'm like, uh, you won? <laughs> he's, he's like, nah. I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> like, yeah, you did. <laughs> and he's like, nah, we finished, and uh, they'd said that I'd come second. I was like, well, I don't know, man. I'm looking at it right now, and you won. <laughs> so I think what happened is uh, I, I know Aaron, what happened Oh, Aaron P was on chase card, yeah? No, Aaron uh, uh, Yes, Aaron P was on chase card, yes uh, And then So that's why he, they weren't aware So what happened? He, he double bogeyed last hole or something? Yep, yep <laughs> Got uh, some MA4 stuff right there Let's go Yeah, Aaron Ponaduri um, with the, one of the hardest names on my podcast to say, um, he's part of, I may have shared this on the podcast before. Aaron P, um, is part of my disc golf pyramid scheme. He is, he is a mate of a colleague of mine and a colleague, nice. a colleague got into disc golf and then through that Aaron got into disc golf and he didn't know the live scores. He di- this is not a pressure. Oh my God, I'm winning. I'm going to double bow you the last hole. This is a MA4. I don't even know where I'm standing situation. Oh, I shut the bed on the thing. Oh, let's put the scores in. Oh, if I had a pard that, I would have won. If I had a, so if funny. I had a bogey that, I would have been in a playoff. Um, and he just had no idea. 
Love it. Yeah. That makes me that makes me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, sad for him, but great for Dan. Uh, plus five was pretty good. That's uh, not bad golf over a couple of rounds. So uh, he doesn't have a rating, but it would be much higher than his rating. Yeah, if you so, have one, yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be high, much higher than his, his rating. So well done to him. Well done to Aaron for second. And a uh, big shout out to Ben Matthews. He was the one who I couldn't think of who got the birdie on the monster in round one. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Owen Maisie and MJ15, he was solo man out there, but he had a very hot second round, uh, which was great. Shot well above, about 100 points above his rating. He shot well above his rating first round, but he had a really good second round. So, great event for him. Uh, what about MA3? What you, uh, what you see from there that you like? Uh, obviously, I've been big on Max Tats all year. Uh, yeah, you have. And uh, he, he's finally got the W, as they say. Um, but just what a what a battle it was in, um, yeah, in MA three like that was an absolute bottleneck with what's that five players within two strokes, so um, yeah, cool cool event. Lots of people in the mix. I'm sure everyone was kind of up and about and feeling the vibes, feeling the juices, um, and obviously uh, Lewis Penhall goes thirty three in the uh, in the final round after. Uh, notching up none less than six birdies round one. Six, yeah. six birdies round one. Huge. No birdies round two. <laughs> yeah. Still enough to get him in second. Yeah. Uh, I've got a funny little story. I was wrapping things up, heading back to HQ and uh, getting stuff ready for presentations. And the MA3 lead card was devastatingly slow. They were behind everyone. Uh, but it did get me to watch some of the most MA3 disc golf I've ever seen. <laughs> so I think uh, I think lead card was Max, Lewis, Ash, and Duncan, if I'm right. So we got to they got to hole three, and I think they all threw pretty decent drives. I know Max definitely was putting for birdie. I'm pretty sure Ash was as well. I think they all were, to be honest. Uh, but Max ends up carting a four. Uh, his drive landed six meters from the basket. I know that one for a fact. Uh, Lewis takes the par. Uh, Ash took a four. And Duncan took a five. It, there was like a force field around the basket. I just couldn't. I was laughing my ass off. It was crazy. Uh, I think Georgia was watching at this stage. And she had a quick count. And she said that there was... Uh, at least 10 putts between the four of them. So, eight would mean that they all two-putted. So, <laughs> there's at least two, three putts. Like, it was wild. Uh, yeah, and they only had a few holes to play after that. Like, it, it honestly could have been anyone's game if any one of them just had a sunk one putt. <laughs> oh, it was gold. Uh, that sounds like... Uh... Could have been a bit of a story for uh, Saturday, and that's the, uh, the the glory we set up by splitting it this way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Tanya flew solo in FA two, um, managed to shoot um, thereabouts uh, uh, to a yeah, well above her rating. Yeah, rating round one, and then round two, uh, well above it. So nice work to Tanya there. Um, 
Oh, you made me put this on the spot during our live, oh, yeah. live coverage, MA2. And, and uh, boy, were you right. Boy, was I right in the end. <gasps> yeah, Don Carter with a bullet. Neg 8, which uh, once we look at the day two scores, turned out to be a pretty fantastic score, actually. Uh, rated as such, too. Like, the event average was just over 950. And, yeah, not not much more you can say about that. I didn't get to play with him. Oh, I didn't get to see him at all, really. Um, I saw him, you know, at the Monster. But, yeah, had to be some very consistent disc golf, which is super good to see. Like, we've seen him out playing, and his highs are pretty high, and his lows are just pretty devastating low. So, good to see just a whole bunch of highs this weekend. Are we seeing a pattern emerge with Penn? <laughs> oh, boy, are we ever. <laughs> Boy, are we ever. There's two, <laughs> What's two events in a row where he's just been up to his neck in it. And, but if you just looked at the results page, you would be like, no, he wasn't. Never a chance. He was never in it. What do you mean? He yeah. was up to his neck in it with like five holes to play. <laughs> yeah, wild. Uh, hole 15, which is pretty contentious. Going to get your thoughts on that later. But that did him pretty dirty, I think. Uh, and then took a double bogey on like 17 or something as well. Uh, yeah, just really shot himself in the foot late. And uh, yeah, just dropped drop way down after a pretty hot, very hot round one. Yeah, uh, but Glenn played well. Uh, Barnett played well in, in third. Mikey Hare played well as well for second. So... It is good to see, like, Mikey doesn't normally play in this division, neither does Glenn. So, no surprise that both of them are way up there. But, yeah, good to see Sam Barnett fine. And, yeah, who knows what Penn's deal is. We've got we to gotta sort that one out. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Maybe maybe he's caught wind of the fact that we said he'd be above 935 rating before he knows it. And he's like, <laughs> hold my beer, boys. I ain't going, anywhere. I ain't going nowhere near 935 this year. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, Sarah Lee was in there as well, popped over from Adelaide, so I'm not sure what had her over here, but that was great to see, and she played some pretty solid disc golf, so played a little bit above her rating, and, uh, yeah, slotted herself in there with Timmy Ware and Tim Stevenson in sixth. Beautiful. And then the cream of the crop, the, the king division on day one, apparently, is the MA50 boys. And I can tell you, uh, Jeff was pretty excited about that because he mainly got to play from hole one <laughs> every time, so which he's, he's very much not used to. And it did him pretty good. He played some very good disc golf, averaging, yeah, about 20 points above his rating, but not good enough, like Mike Vanderlinden. He doesn't play a lot of PDJ events, uh, mostly just a couple of the local Melbourne things. But when he does, he's good. And he was good. Plus three was pretty hot shooting. Very consistent. Very consistent. I do love a situation when you shoot your round rating. And uh, that's how he closed out the event uh, to get the W over your dad. Um, yeah, he's familiar with Ruffy. Um, even though, obviously, it's a different layout, he's familiar with the land. I'm sure he felt at home. Yeah, definitely. And then just daylight between Jeff and Kerry and the whole rest of the field. So... Yeah, Mike at plus three, Jeff at plus five, and then it goes bang off to plus 12, plus 13, plus 17. Drops off pretty fast after that. So some real good shooting from the top of the card there. 
But yeah, excellent day one, and I was super G'd up for day two because I could actually get out there and have a throw. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the MA40s, the FA1s, the MA1s, MP40s, FPOs, and NPOs all went on uh, day two. What did you think of the the format with the, the division split over two days and getting two rounds in in a day? Yep, loved it. Um, obviously... Um, in my fatherhood, selling two days to the better half is hard work. Um, at times, selling doing this podcast on a Wednesday night is hard work. Um, <laughs> so to just have to, you know, throw myself at one day. She had Tay Tay the night before, so it was a good trade off. Oh, um, excellent! And so off I went and got to play a day of disc golf. Um, it, I thought it was really good. And then I got to hit up the chicken shop for lunch um, in between rounds. So um, happy days from my end for sure. Yeah, me too, actually. I'm, I still owe you for that quarter chicken and chips. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Not a worry. And a big shout out to uh, Chris Koo and uh, Tanya Behan as well. They they got me uh, meat pie and a, and a donut the day before. So Beautiful. <laughs> Getting taken care of as the TD. As you should. Uh, we, need to have a, we need to have a quicker side, though. How was the Tay-Tay? Oh, uh, yeah. Ally paid like overs for um really good tickets she didn't play overs she went the whole vop shooting match with her sister right up front uh on the floor sick um just yeah uh 360 degree view of the entire setup and yeah they went 15 years ago to one of her other concerts and you know they they were fans when she was playing in front of 20 people um, Sick. they're a fan of all of it and so it was the perfect uh, event for them because obviously she played songs from all of her albums and uh, they've kind of you know they're, they're a proper Tay-Tay Nuffy Swifties what do they call them they're proper Swifties yeah Nuffies. Swifties perfect that's uh, what we so want to so they had a good time now I love it I'm, I'm huge on it I, I, I wouldn't call myself a Swifty uh, because I feel like there's some levels to that but she's a beast I reckon she would put on a fantastic show and I love the passion that all the fans have for it's you know every single one of them it's like going to see your team in the grand final yeah yeah. so you gotta get your colours on you gotta get excited you'd be G'd up you'd be telling everyone about it for for as long as you could imagine if you knew that the Sainers were just gonna be in the grand final this year all year you'd be talking about it yeah exactly yeah this has been a long time coming to let you in on the inner sanctum of the Swifty mindset um, they uh, obviously track her private jet. Uh, she's up in Sydney yeah. uh, at the moment, and the private jet is not in Sydney. Uh, so this is hot off the press. That The private jet is currently in uh, Hawaii, potentially picking up a young Travis Kels or whatever the hell his name is, and uh, <laughs> bringing him down to Sydney is what the Swifties... Excellent. That's what the Swifties are smelling. I love it. <laughs> Oh, we better get back to the disc golf before uh, before everyone tunes out. <laughs> but I did like that little aside. Uh, oh, we had uh, the MA40s, which I'd be mistaken to think this was the MA50s because everyone but a couple of them <laughs> were MA50s, which is another another sign for the the way the format ran. We saw that uh, Glenn Maisie, uh, Sarah Lee, Mikey Hare. All played on that first day, who normally wouldn't. And now we're seeing a bunch of the MA50s. Some of them doubled up. The only people that doubled up were the old men. But some of the others could only make one day, and they went for the Sunday. So, um, yeah, cool cool to see that worked out. 
But one of the genuine MA40s got it done. Taron Anderson with a very hot second round. Got himself under par for the event. And, yeah, took it home four strokes clear of Lee Thompson, who's been in some pretty good form lately. And an eagle on the avenue. Oh, out of control. How? What happened here? <laughs> well, what, what shot do you think Taron threw? Oh, I threw a roller? Yeah, oh, he threw sick. a roller to 15 meters to fi- and then banged the two, C2 oh, putt. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. Oh, Taron, that is so good, bro. Oh, it's amazing. my God. I love that. Yeah, 100%. It was, I didn't know you knew about it. It was going to be my spotlight because it was ridiculous. Oh, I didn't. I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking at the scorecard. I didn't know about oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, nah, ri- absolutely ridiculous. I... <laughs> I birdied it one of the rounds, and I'm sure that's the first time I've ever birdied it. Um, not that it's the hardest hole. Like, it should be a birdieable par four, but an eagle is crazy, especially the pin position now all tucked away on the left. Like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, sick. <laughs> yeah, huge second round. And uh, Eamon Dawson in third played some great disc golf. Uh, really hot first round. And uh, dipped a little in the second, but still just super above his rating. Um, And maybe he just needed to get clear of... um, Who's he always play with? Uh, Brett Bobridge. (laughs) They're mates. This is the first time I've seen them separate or seen him without Brett. So maybe he just needs to to get Brett out of his ear. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Now, well done to him. And uh, yeah, the old men kind of got left in the dust after that. And yeah, especially some of those some of those ones that played both days. It's uh, it's a lot of walking. I know the old man had a had a much were ten strokes worse day two than day one, <laughs> and a lot of it come in round four for him. So <laughs> yeah, uh, Roland Webber a bit the same. So. Yeah, he also went ten strokes worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was hot yeah. nearly. The FA one though, we're normally here for that. What what happened in the FA one? Whack, whack, oh boy. Um, and she, it's it gets crazy how these two flip flop. Emma did the opposite to Georgia at bloody GCC, um, mm-hmm. and Georgia's like, all right, all right, I hold my beer, ret- I return the favour. Bang, killed it, killed it. Mm-hmm. Some uh, yeah, some good disc golf, both rounds well above her rating. Uh, and then, yeah, Anita Weber ended up sneaking into second. Emma had a real big meltdown the last handful of holes. Yeah, it looks like and, it. And, uh, yeah, dropped off pretty aggressively. So I spoke to her afterwards, and uh, <laughs> she, I don't know, she was playing it off a bit cool. She's like, oh, you know, it was Georgia's turn now, you know, had had to give it to her. I'm like, oh, yeah, saying that from third. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, very impressive performance by Georgia. And, uh, yeah, well done, Anita. The snipe her way in there. Yeah, and true. Come that. on, Emma. We need, we need more from you. And then MA won. Oh. Boy. Uh, were we wrong? <laughs> well, I was I wrong? I guess I didn't really get your tip. But Oscar. I was like, Oscar and a bullet. He's been killing it. He lives nearby. Who else... Could get it done. I played with him in the first round. I don't know. It nothing went his way. Just nothing went his way. Uh, much better second round, but yeah, still 
very disappointing for him overall. He after that first round, he's like, "Can I just go home?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, I ended up playing uh, sneaking on the lead card because it was only eight people, and my pretty average round of even got me on the lead card. And I played with Seb, uh, who ended up winning it pretty comfortably in the end. And it was just pretty. In hindsight, we should have seen it coming. So we had talked about how Ruffy's pretty scorable, but can also get you into trouble. It's very reminiscent of uh, Poimina. And someone like Jacob, who doesn't really do too much special, but doesn't make too many mistakes, always performs pretty well at Poimina. And yeah, Seb just kept it clean, stayed mostly out of the out-of-bounds trouble. Just did what he needed to do and had a very good event. Next seven, um, which, yeah, as we mentioned before, the, it really puts into perspective how good that neg eight was from Don Carter. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, what a shock horror. A golfer playing golf um, yeah. <laughs> is another way of saying it. Um, it's the sort of course with though uh, you know uh, with lots of the par fours to be honest lots of the par fours you got to play golf on and uh uh golfers know how to play golf and yeah in hindsight we should have saw this coming yeah definitely none of this like par four is a perfect example none of them are real long but they are all pretty treacherous so uh yeah it did great there and chris scott ended up sneaking into second matt hill was kind of in it with seb but with sort of about six holes to go, he's like, oh, I need to make up a couple and just got a bit loose with it. And then, uh, yeah, sort of didn't, wasn't too phased after that. <laughs> yeah. But definitely some glimpses of the old Matt Hill. So, yeah, if we keep seeing him play some disc golf, we could see 970-something Matt Hill again. That'll be nice. That'll be nice. Uh, and, yeah, we have to, can't gloss over Chris Scott, MA1, yet again, podium, yet again. Yeah, two rounds just above rating, nine thirty one. Solid golf. Uh, yeah, well done. He, same. We all could have done better. It was a. Yeah, it was a very weird one. It was. Yeah, well, except Seb. Like it was that. It was that frustrating. Like, why have I done that to myself? Golf that we played that most of us played. So it definitely could have been more of a ring a ding ding. But yeah, the golfer got it done. MP40. You were here for this. You were here for MP40. What did you see in MP40? Um, yeah, look, I um, I called for a ring-a-ding-ding between uh, Daz and Ruben. Um, and they, they obviously, their whole field out of the blocks hard. Johnny Cranston minus two, Chris Hart minus three, Daz minus five, and Ruben with a 994 minus eight. It's like, okay, that's hot golf. Um, but you know, Daz, Daz was still in it uh, after round one for sure um, and um, got out of the blocks early um, with Ruben picking up a bogey on hole 10 and then a two-shot swing on hole 13. Uh, there was one shot in it. Um, and um, Daz put it to five or six meters on hole two. You know, they finish on hole three. Daz put it to five or six meters on hole two. Uh, Big. Three putts. Oh, no. Is that how it went down? Yeah. Three putts, hole two. Air mails a five-meter putt, misses the comebacker, takes a bogey. So then all things are forced. He has to ace run hole three, 
uh, rightfully so, does ace run it, uh, sends it OB onto the road on hole three. Um, yeah. ends, up, ends up taking a bogey there as well. But it, it's all over after three putting on hole two. Yeah, wow. Oh, and he, park- oh, and he put it close to Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, well, that was an exciting one then. Yeah. But well done to Rubes. You, gotta, you put yourself in the lead. You got to make him chase. And sometimes that happens. So, yep. um, yeah, hopefully some plenty more exciting battles to come between those two. Oh, yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, Ruben, soon to be highest rated master in the nation. Uh, in the next update, it would be led, I'd be led to believe. Yeah, for sure. I'd have to think so. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Chris Hart in third and Cranny in fourth. Uh, nothing too spectacular, but pretty decent there from, from Chris Hart. And the FPO, this was a ring-a-ding-ding for sure. Not too much doing. In round one, Cassie had a pretty good one, and Huss had a not-so-good one. Uh, But then, yeah, round two, Cassie fell off a bit, and Huss capitalized. She, I think she was up one with three to play, takes a double bogue on hole two as well, but then goes birdie-birdie on hole three and four to clutch up and take the one-point victory over Cassie Sweeten. Ice in veins. Huge. Uh, also Huge. worth mentioning that Tosha uh, finished the event above rating with um, yeah. yeah two very different rounds. Um, but as it all shakes out, finishes above rating. So uh, a strong event for Tosha as well. Nice. Yeah, huge first round. That was dope. Yeah. All right, now the big boys. So you were on the feature card. Rightfully so. Round one. Of course, rightfully so. You're a big personality in the game. Why, why wouldn't they want you? Exactly. And uh, you got to play with the unknown quantity that was... Uh, somehow, everyone's just been calling him without... Like, everyone's doing this on their own. 999 Jade Smith. Yeah. Um, what, was, uh, what was your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, round one, a uh, lot of fun. Um, looking forward to the coverage coming out on Park Media. Uh, it's a really good vibe. Uh, myself, uh, Jade, Ryan, and uh, Josh Smith. Uh, it did make for hard scoring with um, the way the BDJ app works. Like the first name is in like the miniature uh, um, font and the last name's in large font and so we just had these like two Jay Smiths on the card um, so it was a it was a bit of work to be honest there was a lot of situations where I was like error on the scorecard error on the scorecard like oh, this is bloody annoying um, but outside of that um, yeah it was good it was good he played well solid like uh, he's, you know, I can't tell you what makes him a 9-9 rated golfer. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a 150-meter backhand. He doesn't have a 130-meter sidearm that I saw. He doesn't have a deadly 15-meter putt. Um, he just simply doesn't lack anything. Uh, and so, you know, I finished the round. He played a 1,000 rated golf and I couldn't, I couldn't share a highlight with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, other than the yeah, fact... This is- yeah, other than yeah. the fact that he, he did put it like three metres long on hole two uh, for the tap-in. Oof. Um, Oof. And, but that's that's my one highlight for his round. Yeah, well, this is kind of speaks to what we're talking about 
uh, when it came to Dylan Feldman versus Luke Humphreys. Yeah. Just, like, it's hard to describe why Luke Humphreys is better than Dylan Feldman, but he is. Yeah. <laughs> he just scores better. He's just a golfer. Yeah. So, I guess Jade just takes that Seb mentality to the next level. Yeah, and I mean, he did the whole thing with about three discs, um, which was pretty de- <laughs> yeah. pretty demoralizing. Um, <laughs> Ryan... Um, Ryan left a few out there. Um, Josh left. Uh, Josh left a couple out there. Jo- Josh had another one where I'd, I'd love to see his statistics, but he, he missed a few parts round one, a few airmails too, which was very unlike Josh. Um, yeah, he's a putter. He is a putter. So he, he put himself in scoring position on a lot of holes and, uh, yeah, just airmailed a bunch, to be honest. Well, in round two, uh, Jade kept it up. He shot one shot worse, but uh, everyone did. The course played about a stroke harder in the second round. So 2,000 rated rounds. Uh, hopefully that'll bump his 999 average uh, just up a little bit, and he can be 1,000 rated Jade. Uh, but yeah, well done. He ended up three strokes clear. But the confusing part for me, it was... A Jade versus Paddy battle for the whole round two, and I'm seeing Paddy down in fourth. Yeah. So you you were close to the action, and I'm sure you were keeping track of the live scores. What what happened? I mean, I was physically close to the action. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Physically, <laughs> I was not scorecard close to the action. <laughs> um, look, um, the uh, the the controversial hole, which you want to get to. Uh, must have got to Paddy. Um, and I, I don't know what happened on a hole that Taryn managed to eagle. Um, I don't know where that seven came from. Um, well, I, I may have got the, I may have the inside scoop. Okay. So hole 15, uh, was not mulch related at all. So very similar. I took a seven on it, which was also not mulch related. He had the smart play and he went out to the left. Yep. And apparently had a pretty good shot. Out to the left, had a good look, but the sidearm over the path just stayed over the path. And then the next shot up wasn't good enough, and then missed the putt. Bang, then you get a six pretty, six pretty fast there. Okay. And I've heard the seven was just a bit of a scramble, but had a par putt and just four putted. Okay. Just did it the old-fashioned way. Okay. So I'm very interested to see this coverage. Because uh, that is just very unpaddy like Of course, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it went from either in the lead or maybe at worst one back to a million back in a couple of holes. Yep. So, very interesting. But that made room for Aiden Howard, who is just quietly putting together a pretty decent year here. So, second place for him. Three back at Jay, but four ahead of Ryan Deer. Um, yeah, big, big, big jumps in the scores, but some very good scoring there for, for all three. And uh, the two disc golf warehouse boys find them both on the podium. So obviously the uh, aces, aces ran away with it at GCC. Um, and oh, Blake's, Blake's team DC. So uh, no aces in sight on the top four at this <laughs> event. Well, Paddy technically finished uh, fourth, entire fourth. True, true, true. Asterisk, <laughs> yeah, true. asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> yeah, and now exactly a bit of competition there now, which is uh, which is good to see. Excellent. Uh, so, 
What, uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on the course? Uh, did you play the WGE a couple of years ago, or is, or like you, has this been many years now since you hit a, nah, a full No, I, pl- nah, I played WGE. I played WGE. Okay. Uh, the mulch was not in play at WGE, though, was it? Uh, no, as far as I'm aware, it wasn't. I did not play it. Nah, it wasn't. So, um, yeah. So, but outside of that, um, obviously I'd seen uh, lots of those holes. Hole 10, um, with the shared tee pad at eight, I'd not seen. Um, the monster obviously was a bit different, um, but the course was excellent. Um, not not to say that you and Oscar did a great job, but to say that uh, you could literally stand anywhere in that park, <laughs> throw a frisbee wherever that frisbee lands, say, "Cool, that's where I'm going to put a basket," and you'll have yourself a fucking really good disc golf hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's, su- it's, it's such a good park. It's such a good park. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it was uh, uh, rightfully so. It was a, a great layout, and uh, I did like the flow. I did like where um, eighteen, uh, like the eighteen to one flow, uh, worked. I liked that as well. Yeah, cool. Because the, the, the holes in between that we have had in the past, I just didn't like any of them, so that didn't make the cut. Uh, but yeah, as you pointed out, pretty much all uh, that hole ten is the only genuinely new hole on the course uh, over the last ten years we've played at least the variation of every one of those holes pretty much at a tournament or has been part of the old layout. So a lot of nostalgia and, yeah, pretty pretty easy for me as TD just to uh, pick old good holes and, and let's go. Uh, but I always enjoy playing that course. It was a lot of fun. Um, and, yeah, it, it wasn't too much of a hassle. So hopefully I can get it going again next year. But 15, are we putting the mulch in or, or not? Um, I, um, I, we just have to paint it. Um, just for clarity, on the right-hand side, I thought the one in the middle um, was clear-cut. I didn't run into any weird situations there. I didn't run into any real weird ones on the right, but I'm, sh- I'm sure they did unfold. Um, so just some markings. I, I, I liked it. The hole was... Excellent. The playing at left was definitely the play. I um, round one had a destroyer, my beefy one that, but basically went right, let alone straight, <laughs> and, and, little, and did never went left and just went straight into the OB dead ahead. That'll be on coverage. Um, Sick. Um, and then so picked out the same disc round two, and was like, well, the disc stuffed up last time, so I'm just going to throw this again, and it will go left. And it did, uh, and it skipped over the path, so that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I butchered it both times, but uh, I did help you set up in the morning, and I threw it out there, I threw it up, and it was, it, it was an easy birdie. Um, as long as you didn't play for... Um, like an aggressive fade going up the hill. You just had to throw it up, yeah. up the path and let it finish at the basket. And that was the plan to do during the round. It just never never came off. But um, yeah. oh, maybe I'll part it both times because both, even though I went OB, both first throws, I, um, yeah, then just threw it underneath as planned. Yeah, I did. I part it both rounds. So took three throws both rounds. It just so happens that I was OB on the first throw both times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I took a, a seven in the first round, but it had nothing to do with the mulch. I was going for the left, but I I let go so early that I didn't even hit the first gap in the tree. So you know how there's two trees you got to yeah. grow through. I threw to the left of that and went out of bounds path early, and then my backhand turnover was just a straight backhand. So that progressed me half a meter. 
Uh, and then my next backhand turnover was very well done. Um, but that only got me to C2 and, yeah, missed the putt and bang, there you go. Um, so, yeah, two hor- absolutely horrendous shots on a hole that has a lot of out-of-bounds that's uh, going to get you. So I-, I wasn't mad at it, and I birdied it in the second round because it's just not that hard. <laughs> if you put it... Mine ended up going straight. I was trying to go left again, but I think I was had so much trauma that I late released, but it ended up dead middle, and it was just a little little buzz up. I played with Matt Hill, who went uh, Mako 3 off the tee, and it sort of drifts over to the right, and then he throws another Mako 3 up the middle. Easy. Easy game. So uh, I, I think it'll be back, but yeah, I think I might have to, to string it this time. Yeah. Averaged um, dead on. Oh, here's a cool stat for you. All right, so MA1 and MPO, pretty big fields. Good to look at the stats for. Hole 15 averaged exactly four in MPO. Um, with 25% birdie rate, but with some bogeys and double bogeys. In MA1, also averaged exactly four in MA1. With uh, 38% birdie rate, um, but uh, again, bogeys and double bogeys to make it average out at four. Yeah, and I remember on day one too, there was plenty of birdies in uh, MA2 and I think a couple in MA3. So, yeah, I think it's here to stay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Um, so sp- speaking of chumps, you had a great idea for chump stats. Yes. And, uh, it was any time that we play like a round now, if there's a chump on our card, then we're going to take some, some stats and then just basically re- read them out on the pod. Yeah. And round two, you had a real chump on your card and you've got the stats. I did. And I, um, yeah, luckily didn't make lead card. Um, and so got to play on the chase card and, um, there was bound to be a chump or two uh, on the card, and I, I I found one. So yeah, nice. Let me let me read out some uh, percentages straight from UDisc for you. All this, right, this M- MPO player, MPO player, chase card, biggest non-state event in the state, or however you said it. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. First of all, driving. Okay. Um, as you said, it's a course you can find trouble on. This player not finding trouble, eighty-three percent driving. Okay, mm. so uh, often finding where he needs to be. So much so, eighty percent of the time, circle two in regulation. Okay, mm. so getting to at least not sounding real jumpy. No, I give it, give it a second. <laughs> at least getting to birdie looks on uh, from circle two uh, on four out of the five holes. Going one step better. This is this is quite MPO behaviour. On nine of the holes, he's on. He's in circle one in regulation. Putting Big, for half the, half the time. Half the time putting for birdie. Uh, one of those holes, he was parked. All right. <laughs> now this is where we get a little chumpy. He did find OB on a couple of occasions. Okay, he only managed to scramble uh, one out of the three times he he needed to scramble. This man went 0%, I repeat, 0% from circle two. But this stat that I'm about to share with you, I think he's going to hold strong on this leaderboard for a long time. C1X putting, 29%. Oh. <laughs> I repeat, oh boy. I repeat, 29%. This, All right, you got to, there you go. 
this man who had birdie looks on half the holes from um, circle one and on three other holes had birdie looks from circle two, this man who had 12 birdie looks for the round finished plus three. How many birdies converted? <laughs> he, he converted three. That's not bad. He converted three. <laughs> he made three putts. All right, so name and shame. Name and shame. Chump, the first chump of the podcast is none other than yours truly, Chris Ronalds. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, my God. That's so good. Uh, what a day, mate. What a day. What a day. Um, Pretty... Like, not a bad round one. No, uh, yeah, circle one percentage, round one. Uh, where is it? I, I, I put it in. I had to put it in. I needed to know. 90-something? What was it? 90. <laughs> so, see, uh, 90% from C1, 14% from C2, 100% scramble rate. Um, yeah. Big. How's this? <laughs> you guys said green regu- circle one in regulation, 50% round two, finish plus three. Round one... I only got to circle one in regulation 22% of the time and went <laughs> seven shots better than what I did the freaking second round. Fucking hell. Oh, putting, mate. Yeah. Putting. As they say. It is. Well, I, I, I've said this a lot. Like, the big difference between uh, you and chumps like me is the putting yeah. and the difference between a 952 rated round one golfer and a 901 rated round two golfer is putting purely putting <laughs> nothing but putting amazing yeah well well done i'm glad you put that out there uh so the, hopefully the next person won't feel too bad when uh when we get them oh yeah you can't do worse we'll go after ourselves. that's gonna be outrageous <laughs> no. Speaking of just So the big Canadian 999 Jade popped into the Tuesday dubs yesterday. Uh, why not? And smoked it. <laughs> Got paired up with uh, local legend Glenn Maisie and together they shot a neg 16, which <clears throat> I don't know, is either course record or maybe one off it. So pretty hectic. Yeah. <laughs> But not too surprising. The rumor has it he might have had one extra disc compared to what he had at uh, um, at the Ruffy Rumble, but yet to be confirmed. Oh, pretty much cheating. Yeah, pretty much yeah. cheating. <laughs> All right, so we have a quick look at the tour down under. We had the final week, and that was the uh, Paradise Plates or something. Correct. Like. And uh, how did that go down? Did uh, did Corey Ellis bounce back? Um, look. Um, I'm I'm on the fly right now, and I'm quickly opening it up to find out everything he did. I was watching live scores. Um, oh, yeah, we were having a good look at it on the pod, and he was doing pretty. He was doing pretty yeah, bad. But he he he's quite finished strong. What has happened? Um, we've had strong. we've had some pen pen like finishes from a couple of players, I think, and um, some Corey Ellis like finishes from Corey Ellis. Um, because yeah. round two, um, Levi Stout after round two is in the lead. One shot ahead, Corey Allison, four shots ahead of Paul Oman and four shots ahead of Sullivan Tipton. So up and about Levi Stout, um, couldn't back it up. Goes 950 golf 
uh, round three. Corey runs away with it. Um, Sullivan Tipton and Jackson Sullivan hold on for a T fourth. Uh, so another good finish by Jackson Sullivan. Um, Sullivan Tipton, pretty random. Um, I don't know what the deal is here, if he's just on holiday or something, like because he hasn't played the other events, but he's a 10, 20 yeah. rated golfer, so that's pretty random. Yeah, that's yeah. odd. Uh, but yeah, 15 strokes difference between Levi's round one and round three. Oof. Yeah. Oof, that's big. Probably missed a couple putts there as well. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> so, Corey Ellis goes three out of four, not bad. And one day, and one not day, not way to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, now nah, well done by him. Uh, that's pretty awesome. We the whole thing was pretty cool. And I heard on the tee off they were talking about how you know Australia needs to jump on board. You'd mentioned this before and try to get a, get amongst it, but I don't know. I just don't think it will happen. Like four, I think is a perfect amount. Four and four weeks. If you're going to add more into that. Let's say you're saying six or something. We get two Aussie events in there. Like if you do one, then what's the point of it popping over kind of thing? Uh, so if you do two, then all of a sudden that's six weeks. Six weeks is a long time out of someone's off-season. Um, are they going to do it beforehand? Or you know, can't do it after because the season will be kicked in the gear. Like how, how would we be slotting this in? Like how, how do we get involved in this without messing it up? Have you met many people who that are not Australians who <coughs> would say, oh, New Zealand's higher on my bucket list than Australia? Not no. So, but are we going to compete with Well, if we that's what it takes, if that's what it takes, that would be my answer to your question, yeah. Like, yeah, um, I, they've done all the legwork, though. They've got, like, a genuine thing now and with connections – so I, I think the only way we can get a part of it is to, to jump in with that. Yeah, we would just have to jump in, the in at under. the front of it, um, as I originally <laughs> suggested. And if a few yeah. travellers stay for the two Australians and two of the New Zealands and then can't sacrifice all six, well, so be it. And if the Sullivan Tiptons have a different time schedule and they can do all four New Zealands, I, I think it makes it more enticing. I think it does benefit both both parties um, if Australia is part of it because as I said the, Australia is higher on everyone's bucket list um, so so you want to uh, you want to have two events before yep. that so two in what would be late Jan I guess yep. and what a, like what's the theory does the sizzler move back to January and then just focus on being uh, like a big time A tier event now, and then we find yeah, another. exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, nationals? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. I would do yeah nationals, um, or like the Aussie champs. You know, that's already rumored to be coming back, but it's the you know the Aussie champs in that in that then, and then it's the um, the Sizzler or whatever it is on the East Coast. Um, let like I think. It makes sense geographically that West Coast gets one, East Coast gets one, and then you launch over to the islands. Mm, there you go. Uh, yeah, it would be cool to see. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but uh, it would be cool to see. Uh, but big props to New Zealand people for actually making it happen because, yeah, this looked pretty dope, and I, I got a feeling that 
they'll be spreading the word and we might see some more people there next hopefully. year. Hopefully. But yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we can get involved as well and it become a six-leg tour or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll, I might actually go to the Sizzler for Yeah. <laughs> oh, very nice. Um, so, we also, uh, speaking of the Sizzler, it is next week, or this weekend, and uh, big turnout for that. We've got a few Victorians heading over there as well, being uh, Ryan Deer and uh, his crew. Uh, but I had a I had a pretty good look at it because the MA1 field is, let's say, not the strongest I've ever seen <laughs> at a major. Uh, I had a very very serious look at popping over for that, but uh, a little bit too hectic of uh, of a schedule for me. To, to make it work, but uh, yeah, what are you what are you looking at that? That's the first major of the year. Uh, we've got all the big boys heading yes. over to the MPO, which is going to be pretty dope. And Park's going to go go and, and film you have it. all who, and you have you all like? the ACT boys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look, you know you've got Dylan, you've got David, you've got Bainey. Um, this is this is ringing and ding. We're saying this every time now, and it's just because of the caliber golf that's in mm-hmm. the nation. Um, but it's great that they're all at one event here, um, as you'd expect with the first time a major uh, uh, state major of the year. Look, I'm gonna go and um, back in Aussie D in a big bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. I like it. I, I think I have to go with Bainey. It's an event in Australia, and he just wins mm. all of them. So I, it's hard for me to, to look past that. Yeah. But I'm super looking forward to it because, yeah, Dylan is now 1,008 rated and the highest ever rated Australian. Yep. So uh, really hot form in New Zealand, as we saw. And yeah, and the Cram- all three of the Canberra Crush boys are there. Perry's there. Yeah, just... Sick. Jade won it last year in a playoff over Austin. Uh, yeah, it's going to be dope. Really looking forward to it, and uh, very disappointed I'm not going to be the part. The, the course is looking fantastic. Uh, the fly throughs look great, and they've got uh, they've really condensed it down. So they have a pretty good 27 hole layout, and they've condensed it down to like 22 or something like that. Excellent holes. So really stepping it up. Uh, going to be great. Excellent. Uh, we get to see Jennifer Larnban back in action as well which would be cool. We haven't seen her play since Nationals, yep. I don't think. And when she just blew us all away. And uh, last time I played Canberra, it was a bit of a bomber course. So I just don't don't think Sarah Lee or Sam is going to be able to handle that the power that Jen has. So I think she's going to have more looks on more holes. And I think she'll there you done. go. Mm. Uh, we've also got a Linda coming up this week. So uh, that's not the reason that we won't be there. No. Uh, but I know uh, I know Frosty uh, Dan Frost was pretty disappointed to see another tournament run on the same weekend or as uh, uh, as the Sizzler. But I can assure you, Dan, that all the people coming to this were not going to Sizzler. Like no one's coming to this instead of Sizzler. I I had a very good look, long hard look at it at Sizzler, and it was. Yeah, it just didn't work out for me. But, oh yeah, Linda played no factor in this. What about yourself? Were you ever a chance oh, to get a no, 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 no. Uh, I, I, I have <laughs> very tight handcuffs that uh, prevent me 
It yeah. definitely prevent me from leaving the state. That is for sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, the likes of Ryan Hart, he's got school commitments. It, it's just big commitments. I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Um, we really are asking a lot of our professional players uh, that are not professional um, to, hmm. you know, you know, sacrifice than a normal life um, to make these big traveling commitments. We do it because we love it, but we can't do it. We can't do it every event. We're not. We're not all Tim Bowen, but Tim Bowen not on the list for Sidsler either. Nah, he uh, Ryan Michelle is getting Correct. married next weekend, and uh, a few of them won't make it because of that. Correct. So. <laughs> uh, Ryan gets let off the hook a bit because Sizzler is typically much earlier in the year so I think when he planned it it wasn't on that weekend but what are you going to do but yeah yourself Josh Smith Dazza moving back into the MPO Ryan Hart and Aiden Howard Um, yeah going to be a pretty tight five I think there Um, throw a dart at that one so is that one and done for Daz like uh, I can't I can't lose to Ruben again Uh, yeah I'm not sure you'd have to ask him (laughs) You'd have to ask him, but yeah, you'd be thinking that uh, maybe a bit of redemption would be on the cards, but uh, potentially the score that he had um, on the weekend would have got him cash. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work uh, like that, though. That's the score he got because he was playing in a different field. It's not the the score he would have got if he was playing in that outfield. (laughs) That's true, but I know he was a little salty on that. (laughs) I'm just winding him up. I hope he listens. Uh, he's going to uh, smash me this yeah, weekend. He, sort of just... uh, he smashed me at Ru- he smashed me at Ruffy. <laughs> um, no, nah, it's good. Uh, I'm really I'm pumped. I haven't seen it. I've not snuck out there. Have you snuck out there? So nah, play, no, we're playing blind. Too far away. I got some shit playing blind. Yeah. Let's see how we go. Yeah, Keen. Uh, yeah, my division's looking pretty hot yeah. as well. Really Oscar surely wants uh, to bounce myself, back. Oscar. Yeah, Jay Crud himself. Haven't seen that in a while. Chris Scott, Glenn Maisie, oh, Ben Hicks. Um, that is, that's yeah, a hot really, field. Really there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Same deal. I would have picked Oscar in a canter and, until last week, so now I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now looking good. Taryn and Tim Ware battling out in MA40. All the usual suspects in MA50. Uh, Penn. Can Penn get it done? Can this be the one? I was actually having a look at the MA2 division uh, to find out who my hot tip for that one would be to see if there's any any sort of genuine winners in there um, and there's a lot of like I think they've all had one win yep. somewhere uh, so I don't um, but oh, I don't know I feel like I feel like Timmy Pollock might get this one done Ooh. I know he's the highest rated by a bit but it's sort of not quite right because he's only yeah, played yeah, a couple yeah. of events PDGA 260,000 um, he's like barely played yeah exactly and even even then like he's not even a proper yeah. data. Um, he has, he's played so few, uh, but I still like his game, and um, I, I yeah I think oh, they're all going to hate me for this. I'm the same, guys. I'm don't before you get too mad, but I think those other guys are all kind of like second place guys. <laughs> yes, yes they are. <laughs> all right, I've got to I've got to find um, sta- so, uh, yeah, I've got to find stat for you yeah. before we go any further down. The top six rated players are, well, all the six rated players in MA1 at Alinda are higher than the top six rated players at um, the Sizzler this weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that. I'm telling you, I had a look. I had a real, I was looking at flights. 
I had train schedules up. I was looking for a way to get myself there, but I, I'd taken a couple of days off work recently. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was eyeing that off. And when I looked to Daniel Smalls wasn't in it. So the one guy that's 930 rated, like, it wasn't him. There was, It was like someone and then like Ruggy in second. And I was like, oh, this is for me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to pop over and get the W real quick. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that stat. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, yeah, mixed bag in uh, MA3. So Yeah, that'll be interesting. Sean Maisie goes in highest rated. Uh, and a lot of unknown mm. names and and then a, uh, a tiny field uh, in MA4. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we had announced was the Vic Open. So we knew that it was going to be in uh, Inverley. But uh, it looks like there's a couple courses in play for Inverley, which is pretty cool. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. I can't imagine they'd be making the pros play the white course, but maybe. No, the white course is fun. Uh, they are. But it's they are. It's gold, gold, white, gold. They are? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, um, yeah, it should be a, a good event. Um, yeah, more details to come soon. Uh, but one thing when I was playing with Matt on the weekend I pulled out my polecat for an upshot and then uh, it sort of triggered him he's like oh maybe we should do like a fun polecat and sonic and glitch thing uh, on the red tees at Inverley on the Thursday and I was like well you've said it and now I'm just running with it. Um, it it has not been fully confirmed but I think if I say it loud enough then it's just I've uh, I've already so signed on... up, so I'm pretty sure it's happening. Thursday's a public holiday. <laughs> I'm there. Yes, let's go. So, keen as Thursday will be, yeah, not the Polecat World Championships, but uh, I'm calling it the Bin Lid Championships. So, if you don't have a glitch or a Polecat, we might we might dish the Sonic. I don't know if anyone throws them, but we'll see. Polecat, glitch, and Sonic this stage. Um, yeah, oh, I'm keen. Beautiful. As. Vic open. It's going to be huge. Mm. So, touch. Oh, before we do that, should we have a look at the leaderboard for the Vic Tour, which is now updated with uh, with two events? It is, but uh, I've, uh, I've definitely noticed an error on my behalf, <laughs> um, oh. potentially in the female division, um, that the Sarah Lee one might have snuck me by. Oh, okay. Yeah, you might have missed her in uh, yeah. MA2. But outside, but yeah, outside of that, let's definitely look at the leaderboard. Like, who who knows how many other Vic events Sarah's going to get over for? Yeah, true. Well, we'll start down in Category 5. And uh, at this stage, if, you've played two, if you haven't played two events, then you're no chance. So we'll, we'll put that out there. Uh, I think it's going to be your best six events out of however many it's going to be end up being about ten. Yep. Uh, possible, but uh, Mark Carter finds himself on top ahead of Tobias Weber and Roland Weber, with Emma not too far behind. And what about Cat Four? Uh, you're obviously not. Are you, are you on the website or you're on my spreadsheet? I am on. Yeah, your spreadsheet. good because I'm on the website and it is not yet updated. Oh, okay, no, nah, no, nah. Matt's Matt's been very busy with uh, Vic Open stuff. Nah. So. No, nah, this is all uh, this is all hush hush. Well, it's not hush hush because it's and it's, it's on happened, my but it's not and it's on my yet. computer, so I can uh, definitely open it up now that I know where you're reading from. 
Nah, that's fine. So, category four, we've got Daniel Frawley, who's uh, pretty far out in front now, with Ash Whedon uh, not too far behind. Uh, 145 to 130. So, one good event can change that. And it's dropping off pretty quick, but Eamon Dawson finds himself in third place. Uh, and then category three... Very tight at Tim the top. Stevens. T- Very Timmy tight. Stevens and Lee Thompson separated by just five points. And then a bottleneck at third with Huss, Ryan Miller and Don Carter um, all sitting in there with a, a solid 80 points. And Don Carter gets the 80 points from Ruffy Rumble and definitely, definitely played in his backyard at uh, GCC but came up with Zero yeah. Points. So not enough to qualify at his backyard, but then comes and smokes everyone at Ruffy Rumble. So let's go category yep. three. <laughs> um, category two, uh, Mikey Hair, which I don't even. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I know that's not his fault, but um, top of cat two, but probably not for long because he'll probably be too high rated for that soon. Um, and then Ryan Michelle, both very clear of myself in third, but pretty asterisky because I'm only five points ahead of Ethan Lewis, who played one event. So I've uh, I've strung together two pretty average events to get what would be a great score <laughs> in one event. <laughs> and the big boys, you you on top? Um, I've got points. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> you got points? Yeah. Um, this is stuff. cool, isn't it? Like, I'm loving this setup already because Ruben Berg finds himself at the top of Category 1 uh, ahead of Paddy Robinson by 10 points uh, and just ahead of Ryan Deer, five points back of that. Um, oh, I can't wait to see how this shakes out. This is definitely the cool way of doing it. That would be huge if Ruben can keep on stringing these awesome events together yeah for sure yeah it must be two pretty good scoring events for him yeah 75 so second place in one of them and uh 60 so like a fourth or something in the other so yeah doing pretty good and big points up for off uh off for grabs so but so far we've had two gold level events the vic open is a platinum or something level event and instead of 80 points up for grabs i think the winner gets uh, yeah. Top of my head. So big points up for grabs. Uh, when I come right in the middle of the pack, I can get myself another forty and just keep chugging away forty at a time and see how that goes. But um, <laughs> yeah, very excited for that. And yeah, that, I'm sure that'll be up on the Disco Victoria website in no time. Beautiful. Uh, we touched on Dylan Feldman breaking the thousand barrier and pushing all the way up to a thousand eight. And it's got me thinking, is Dylan the best player in Australia? Yes. Or is it Beatty? Or is it Perry? You going strong, pretty strong with Dylan? Well, I'm not sold. And I think our listeners might not be sold either. So I'm proposing that we try to put together another debate. We'll get debate number three on the books. It's been a while. And our topic can be, who is the best player in Australia? And I feel like just you and I is not good enough. There's too many good players to just have you and I debate this. So we're looking for some other people to join us on a debate. And 
we're looking for you to champion a player. So if you've got a player that you're pretty passionate about and you think that you can make a convincing argument for that is the best player in Australia, then let us know. And, uh, yeah, we might we might get you involved. And if you don't want to be involved but you're pretty passionate about a, a, a player, just let us know as well. And then we might champion that yeah, player just, ourselves. So it sounds like you're... Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, just send in your points along with who you reckon and, yeah, we could definitely make that happen. But now, I, I yeah... Without going into it too deeply, um, I, I'm pretty confident I can put a very convincing argument forward for uh, young Dylan Feldman, the pickle himself. Mm, nice. <laughs> the pickle himself. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, big pod today. A lot to get through, but it's been pretty fun. Uh, good, good recap. So, should we finish off how we always do with a bit of spotlight? We light? definitely should. Uh, I've got a spotlight I'm happy to run with. Uh, it was going to be Taron with his fantastic eagle on the avenue. Uh, yeah, amazing. So we've seen Dave Perry do it, I think, with a traditional legend shot uh, up and over the trees. But never have we seen the roller and then can the C2 putt. Uh, so good. So impressive. Uh, but... We spoke about him already. Someone who didn't get a mention was Chris Hart, who also got an eagle. He eagled hole four, which I don't really... It's been played a million times, and I can't off the top of my head remember that been happening before. Um, it's been old hole 11 in the old layout. It's been in every tournament. Uh, the par four on the slant, and uh, big throw-in. Big throw-in from about the tree. So... Um, yeah, well done to Chris Hart. Nice eagle. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, I've got a spotlight. Uh, my spotlight is uh, going to ADG, Australian Disc Golf, um, and all of their volunteers. I would like to retract previous statements made around um, Australian Disc Golf and their volunteers as uh, I am now one of them. And therefore, they are... Uh, great bunch of people and they volunteer very very hard um <laughs> volunteer I, um, more news to come on the role that i play for australian disc golf at the moment watch this place but uh i definitely found myself in a uh a couple of uh online meetings uh with uh said volunteers from around the nation one of those meetings ran for uh just a touch over two hours and if you ask me that's pretty hard volunteering so I uh, just one up to the Australian Disc Golf volunteers out there. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. <laughs> I love it. What a backflip. What It was only a couple of weeks ago. and then, <laughs> Now here we are. Uh, yeah, very much look forward to hearing a bit more about this, what, what has caused the, the change of heart. <laughs> uh, not lights. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm stealing yours or not. Uh, but... I can't look past the collapses. Two major collapses. Uh, we spoke about them both already. Two people well in the hunt. And both done in by hole 15 and beyond. Uh, Penn Lou and Paddy Robinson. Yikes. Um, I, I don't envy uh, Maddie and Jace's position. Because Paddy is what they've dubbed the uncle of Victorian Disc Golf, <laughs> I think, is what they've been running with. Um, and he's going to be on their coverage plenty, and somehow they need to negotiate 
just how to how to uh, commentate through those holes. But yeah, I, I'm more than happy to not light it. Big big collapses, boys. No good. Uh, all right, mine is going to be a paired up one as well. All right. Um, Oh, we, we've touched on it throughout, but we've got to the end of the tour down under, and I'm, I'm going to pair up Connor Donnelly and Reese Wisniewski. Um, they Ooh. they just they've they've just not had a great tour down under. Um, they um, have left a lot of strokes out there, um, and they've found themselves at the bottom the bottom of m- the majority of the leaderboards, uh, not not doing Australia proud. Um, you're you're definitely. <laughs> You're definitely getting my not lights, boys. There you go. Yeah, we don't hold back here, dollars. <laughs> I swear, though, most of your hot takes, I cop. Like, maybe I'm just a bit out or more often than you are, but then something that you've not lighted or had a crack at, all of a sudden people are like, oh, yeah, well, to see this now? And I'm like, that was Chris. <laughs> Like, we're not the same person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, watch me somehow end up on a card or something or in a room Connor. with Connor Donnelly in a couple of weeks and he'll be like, I heard you talk shit about him. Oh, but now I'm with you. Should have done better. Done better. No. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can get back on track with the Wednesday nights and uh, go for that. But. Uh, Peace out.